Alright guys, and welcome to Don't Trade on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? Today is March 20th, 2022. Welcome to the show guys. Today's show is brought to you by Maker's Mark Bourbon. That's right, as you well know, we are a brand ambassador for Maker's Mark Bourbon. Go to your local liquor store and buy some. Alright, let's party. <laughs> it's spring break. At least here, spring break, I don't know. Spring break for the next couple of weeks anyway. Alright guys, what we're going to do today is we're going to try and get away from all the uh, Russia-Ukraine business. And I'm going to, um, you know, I started, I wanted to start today as a part two to the uh, WEF World War. But as I did research on the subject, I realized the WEF is just but one very small part of this all. Uh, therefore, I'm starting a new Sunday series based on the Committee of 300. Now, I've mentioned them on the uh, the last show, and I talked about some of the names. Now, obviously, the, uh, the list of the Committee of 300 is an ongoing, ever-changing uh, <laughs> situation because the, uh, you know, people die, right? <laughs> All right, so um, now on part one, or what I thought was going to be part one, I referenced the Committee of 300. Um, and I went into a few of the people on the list, but let's let's delve deeper into this, uh, this list, right? <clears throat> and how they're all involved. Now, the Committee of uh, 300 are basically the people who run the world today. Now, above them is a is another group called the Council of 33. And above that, there is yet another group <laughs> called the Council of 13 or the Crown Council of 13, which is made up of just 13 of the most powerful families on Earth. Now, I did reference them a little bit on one of the shows I did, The Bloodline of the Illuminati. Um... But we'll, we'll go into them. So basically what I'm going to do in this series is we're going to talk about today the, the list of the, the 300. Now I'm not going to name all 300 because we, we'll be here forever and I'm trying to keep these shows around an hour. So this show will be basically around the committee of 300. And then the next show will probably get into the council of 33 and the council, the crown council of uh, 13. The, um, the important thing about these families is not just their incredible wealth but also their very long ancestry these families can be allegedly traced their lineages all the way back to the prince or I'm sorry the ancient gods who gave earth's leadership and their demigods offspring so this references back to the bible and it kind of goes back to the Nephilim if you guys know anything about that it's basically um, children that the gods or angels had with human women before leaving Earth with the promise to return in the future. Um, now, this is where, I mean, it really gets deep. Like, in <laughs> doing this research, it really, <laughs> this, it's really kind of a little crazy, I'll be honest with you. I went way down a rabbit hole. But as you start looking at these these names and these families it makes it really makes unfortunately a lot of sense 
But um, the 13 families are considered the top hierarchy of the global elite and all have ties to each other through marriage as well as blood so that the fortunes of each family are linked both to each other and to the successes of the plan to create the new world order. <clears throat> it's also important to note that the ruler of the Council of Thirteen, and consequently the most powerful man on the earth, is the head of the Rothschilds family, which is the most powerful of the elite families. He's called the Pinard. Um, now, I'm not going to go into that just yet, as we'll save it for next Sunday as we get into that um, that part of the Council of Thirteen. Um, now, let's get back to the uh, Committee of thir uh, 300. The Committee of 300 is a product of the British East India Company. Now, the uh, the British East India Company started in 1600. And it was chartered by the British royal family. It made vast fortunes in the opium drug trade with China. Became the largest company on earth at its time. Today, through many powerful alliances, the Committee of 300 rules the world and is dividing or is the driving force behind the criminal agenda to create the new world order under to, under a totalitarian global government. There is no need to use they or the enemy except as shorthand. We know who they, the enemy, really is. Now, if you guys have been listening to the show, been, we've been doing it for a little more than a year now, I constantly reference the they. Now, you can't see me because I stopped doing the videos as for I was getting punished by YouTube, so I didn't want to keep wasting my time. But I always, whenever I say the word they, I throw up the quotation marks because they, like like I wrote in here, is short shorthand for <laughs> who we know. Now, um, I'm going to tell you who the they is. Over this series, we'll talk about the Committee of 300, they. The Committee um, of 30 or the Council of 30 and the Council of 13. And those are all the they. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Committee of 300, with its aristocracy, its ownership of the U.S. Federal Reserve banking system, insurance companies, giant corporations, foundations, community networks, preside over the hierarchy of conspirators in this enemy. Um, secret societies exist by deception, which will be another part of this. This probably, <laughs> I don't even know. This will be an evolving series. I can't sit here and tell you it's going to be a two, three, four, five parter because as I continue to do more research on this, it's going to get deeper. Okay. Um, each is a hierarchy and an inner circle at the top who deceives those below with ties, such as claiming a noble agenda, thus duping them into following a web of compartments Mentalized uh, complicity. The members of the Council of 300 are royals, top bankers, elite billionaires, top religious figures, media moguls, top military figures, and some of the top politicians. Now, personally, I suspect that a lot of the generals and politicians are not permanent members of the committee, and their seats can be vacated and filled by others if necessary. Some report mentions some reports mention a committee of 500, which means that it's possible the committee of 300 has expanded to include 500 members, and consequently had uh, changed its name, or maybe it's just another committee entirely. 
Now, I did find a graph of the committee. Now, not, not the people necessarily, but how the people that I'm going to mention correspond with the, the overall. So it's like, it's like a family tree, so to speak, with the global elite at the top and the human race at the bottom and then everything in between. I'm going to post this. I'm not going to sit here and try and break down the graph because it's hard to explain how it uh, intersects and intertwines and this part goes with that part. So what I will do is I'll put this graph on our Facebook page, uh, Don't Tread on America on Facebook. Please go to the Facebook page if you want to look at this. It's very interesting because, like I said, at the top is global elites. So you're talking nobility, the Illuminati, the Committee of 300. Then it goes right down from that to the Illuminati, Freemasons, the Knights of Malta, other knighted societies, Skull and Bone Society, and other secret societies. And then it goes down from that and it breaks down into different sections. Um, mind manipulation, elite military, intelligence agencies, drugs and arms trades, religion, bankings, and politics. And then it goes down from there. I'm not going to sit here and read all of it. Like I said, you guys can go to the Facebook page and check it out. All right, so below you'll find the complete, right here I have the complete list. <laughs> I wrote all this down, so that's why, because I knew I'd forget. Now, I'm not going to sit here and read all these names, because I could sit here and read you 300 names, and you might know 10, 20 of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll through this list and um, kind of touch on a couple of names in here, and then uh, we'll discuss. So... A lot of these names, what I'm going to try and do actually is I'm going to try and put this list together on a hyperlink and I'll put it in the show notes. I'm not a computer genius by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> so um, I'll try my best, <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Anyway, so um, basically this list comprises of a, a bunch of people, 300 to be exact, <laughs> But what I, what I mean by that is world leaders, uh, leaders of different um, industries, banks, um, you know, different manufacturers, mining companies. So I'm going to just scroll through. So like Abdullah II, King of Jordan. So obvious. Um, the, the one thing I want to note is there's probably, I don't know if I can pick them all out because like I said, it's a long list of people here. But when I was going through the list, I did notice a bunch of different Russian oligarchs in here. With, and, the, and each one of them have major um, ties with, with Britain. They either went to school in, in England. Um, they have ties to the, the royal family. Whatever the case may be, um, there's a couple of different ones. There's one that owns one of the soccer teams in England. Now, I heard a report the other day that Putin, so you guys saw like a week, two weeks ago where, um, where NATO or whoever it was seized a bunch of these Russian oligarchs, yachts and planes and stuff like that. Right. And when I say yachts, I'm talking mini cruise ships. So one would have to ask, so I talked about on the last show how, in my opinion, it's, uh, it's one of those. And that's something I'll get into in this situation where I, I came across a story how the Ukraine is the first step in the in the Great Reset. 
and the things they've implemented in the country, which obviously nobody's talking about. So um, it's very hard for me to to fact check myself in saying these things because obviously the names that are on this list, when I talk about watching CNN or Fox or MSNBC, the problem with that is you know, Fox leans one way and CNN leans one way and MSNBC and so on and so forth. But much in the guides of um, the way we look at politicians, and I hate to say this because I watch Fox, I actually have it on right now as I'm recording. Um, a lot of these people that run these industries are on this list. So who am I to say that watching Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, Murdoch for example, is on this list? Who am I to say that Rupert Murdoch, I, I, you know, I don't even know if he's still alive, but he's still, the family name is on this list, I should say. Um, but how do I know <laughs> that the the stuff we're seeing on Fox isn't part of the agenda? Now you have the, the right side of, of what Fox says, and you have the left side, CNN, which is ran, you know, which Turner, Ted Turner's on the list. You know, it's all part of the same entity um now as these people now this this list is actually a few years old i couldn't find an updated list so some of these names of people are passed away but the family name lives on just because someone dies doesn't mean in these situations like you might see some generals or politicians <clears throat> come and go but guaranteed if there's a politician or a general or whatever where their personal lineage doesn't, you know, fall in line with the other name, so to speak, guaranteed they married someone that does. You see what I'm saying? They're just not putting these positions out of happenstance. They have to be trusted, so to speak. It's kind of like, if you think of it like this, the, the Committee of 300 is basically like the mob but in a great, greater, much grander scale. And um, once you're in, you're in. And you can't, they just don't let outsiders in. Um, anyway, so these oligarchs that are on this list, you saw where the, the yachts and whatnot were seized. Well, I saw a report where, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I'm still trying to dig into that situation. But... Um, they a bunch of them fleed Russia. Now, is it a situation where if in this list there's only one Russian or Russian leader of the past, I should say, that's on this list, and that's Mikhail Gorbachev, which kind of makes sense as to why. Let's see, how can I explain this? Okay, so if Putin is anti-NWO, anti-the WEF, anti-NATO, anti-all this stuff because he doesn't believe in this. He went to the WEF because he was indoctrinated in the system, found out what they were all about, and wanted out of the system. But people say, well, he's trying to turn Russia back into the Soviet Union. Okay, so let's go back to Mikhail Gorbachev. If... Um, if Mikhail Gorbachev is part of the Committee of 300, it makes sense as to why he was so willing to, you know, take down that wall, right? He, it was part of the agenda. When we talk about the New World Order and we talk about these things, 
I've said it time and time again, this isn't new. This didn't start a year ago, 10 years ago. This has been going on for hundreds of years. The, the thing about it is, so the Russia connection to all this, if this all started back in whatever year that was, 80, what was that, 87, 86, I don't know, whenever Reagan said those words to Gorbachev and the fall of the Soviet Union happened and they broke up the country, I think it was 90, 91, whatever. If, if Gorbachev was part of this situation and in, in the realms of breaking Russia down to become part of the New World Order, you had Gorbachev, then you had Yeltsin was all part of this. Um, Putin was brought up through the ranks and fast-tracked, so to speak, to um, to become the next leader, which, you know, he's been in the situation for, what, 20 years or so now. And, um, but him, if he's old school, if he's, if he's kind of like a patriot for Russia, right, um, he could be like a lot of us are for America, where we feel like the things that we see going on in America, we don't like, right? Same, same thing. I'm, I'm trying to look at it in terms of the way patriots in America think of America. Maybe this is how Putin is with Russia. You see what I'm saying? And if he knows the deal, like I can sit here and speculate about the Committee of 300 and all these things. I can speculate. I can find sources and I can read stories and I can do whatever, but I don't know anything more than what I'm finding, right? If he was on the inside, if he was at the WEF's leadership school, if he was part of the plan, decided he didn't want to be part of the plan, thus today, or, you know, thus current history, I should say, um, these oligarchs in Russia are part of the plan, right? You don't become a billionaire because you became a billionaire. You, you, you see what I'm saying? You, you guys have all heard the term, oh, so-and-so sold their soul to the devil, right? You've heard that, you know, um, you've heard it with rock stars and movie stars and, and those people are piss ants as rich as some of these movie stars and and tv and radio and music stars are they are dropping the bucket to these guys because these people own them you see what i'm saying like yeah you could be whoever and have a hundred million dollars cool you don't have a clue what a hundred million dollars is compared to what these guys got they got boats that are hundred million dollars you see what i'm saying and if if Putin's trying to not be a part of this situation because he doesn't like where it's going, it it makes sense that he would be going that he himself is going after these oligarchs. Now, of course, on the news, no matter what news you watch, because like I said, they're all part of the club. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm very distraught in the things that I have found. They're going to spin it in the situation that Putin's after these oligarchs because of whatever reason. You know, one of the oligarchs is a major oil guy. So he would be like a 
hell, I don't know who a major oil, oil guy in this country would be, but he would be equivalent to that. And uh, the way the news is spinning it, well, he wants part of that. He needs that money. He's allowing these guys to drill for oil and be cap- capitalistic as long as they pay their, their VIG, so to speak. Maybe that's true. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, watching the news, I don't know who to trust, knowing that the names I found on this list are on this list. Run the media, no matter who you watch. So even though I might watch Fox and they might say something a little bit different than CNN, the basic story is still the same. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, you go back to Trump. How does Trump fit in all this? Well, you know, Trump's a billionaire. You could say the same thing about Trump. And maybe that's part of the problem. Let me, let me, let me paint a picture for you here. So let's say Trump is not on this list. Oddly enough, Putin not on this list. So let's say that um, Trump, billionaire, was invited to go to Davos, to the WEF, to, um, I mean, he was, he did speak at the WEF. People are like, oh, see, look, he's at the WEF. Okay, cool, I get it. Putin was part of the WEF. He went to the leadership school. Trump didn't do that. He may not have spoke at the WEF as president. I get that. Um, I would be guaranteed that you could find him going to the Bilderberg Group. We talked about that on one of the shows. I don't recall the numbers. I want to say it was 60000 100000 whatever dollars to join, to go and hear them speak and hear what... So let's, let's assume Trump went to all these things, right? Once you're powerful and you have money, you want to remain powerful and have money. Money's nice. But let's say Trump is a true patriot. And is like, um, I don't like where this is going. I want out, run for president to try and change things. That thus everybody losing their shit, right? Putin going down the same road, right, as Trump in, in his own right. They don't like that. So now you have the two, two of the largest nations in the world kind of wanting to get out of the NWO's grasp. Okay? So what do you do? You create a media storm. You create fake news. You create whatever. And who do you tie together? The two nations that, um, that are wanting out. So as a kid, I remember in the 80s, it was constant. So when Russia was still the Soviet Union, right, it was a constant barrage of hatred for Russia. And you watch movies, you you know, whatever it was, it was constant. You know, Rocky, what was that, Rocky Four, right? Um, uh, shit, Iron Eagle, Top Gun, you know, all these major blockbuster movies of the 80s. Red Dawn, right? Just to name a few, was constant Russian Soviet Union propaganda. Once the once the Iron Curtain fell, that shit went away, right? I mean, what was that movie you had to, with? Uh, hell, I don't remember. But there was tons of movies in the eighties that were anti-Soviet Union propaganda. 
Now, as as a kid in American, you're like, yeah, fuck that shit. America, right? But as I've done research and, and dug into this, maybe it wasn't, it was more to get everybody in a mindset of we need to hate the Soviet Union because at the time, the Soviet Union wasn't part of the situation. But the new world order needs everybody to be a part of the situation. Now, a lot of these countries... Okay, so in the 1600s, early 1700s, Britain, the, the Empire of England, ruled the world. If you guys listen to my series of the rise and falls of great empires, Great Britain, England, whatever, they ruled the world. Okay? They had colonized most of the world with the exception of never was able to colonize Russia. You see, you kind of see where I'm going with this whole thing. Russia's always been the outside man until the early, late 80s, early 90s. <sighs> Putin became powerful, went to the West School of Leadership, so on and so forth. But then he's like, I don't like this. I don't like the way it's going. Let's say Trump obviously didn't go to the West Leadership School, but... Let's say he was part of the Bilderberg group and he did these other things. I don't like the way this is going. These two guys are in power. Everyone loses their shit when Trump gets in. Of course, now we got to hate Russia again. You kind of see where I'm going with this? Now, if, um, if, if whoever, if they went after these uh, oligarchs in Russia under the guides of trying to get Putin to change his mind or whatever the case may be, now he's going back after them. I don't know. That's all speculatory. I guess we'll have to continue to see how this, uh, you know, continues on. But nonetheless, so let me scroll through this list here. So you got Roman Abramovich, Russian oligarch. Um, you got bankers. Like I said, I'm not going to name all these people. Now, when I see something interesting, I'm going to talk about it. Right? Okay, so here you have a gentleman by the name of Marcus Aegeus, uh, if I'm saying his right, name right. British Maltese financer, group chairman, Barclays Bank, sits on the board of the BBC. So there you have a gentleman who sits on the board of the BBC, and that's the British Broadcasting Company. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. So that's their major news agency in England. And he's married to Edmund de Rothschild. Okay. So, not a Rothschild, but married to a Rothschild. And I'll scroll down. Here's another gentleman, Daniel Ackerson. The, like I said, most of these names aren't going to mean anything to you. But this guy is the CEO of General Motors. And here's the king, crown prince. I mean, so, I mean, when I say that it's worldwide, this Albert King of Belgium, King of Belgium, right? And, uh... Oddly enough, King of Belgium, right? Its own country. He is part of the Windsor family. Who's the Windsor family? Well, the Windsor family is, is one of the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. Who, uh, who's a Windsor? So think about it. When have you heard that name, Windsor? Okay, Windsor Castle, right? Who's a Windsor that you know of? Well, her name's on this list too. We'll get to it in a little bit. <sighs> So, Crown Prince of Yugoslavia, 
um, Prime Minister of Italy. Uh, so, <laughs> so here's an interesting name. Carl Anderson. Okay, who's he? 13th Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus. Sits on the Council of the Vatican Bank. Ex-Prime Minister of Italy, Archduke of York, obvious. Oh, so here's one. And Andrew, Duke of York. Who is that? He's the second son of Queen Elizabeth, fourth in line to the throne of 16 countries. And if that name sounds kind of familiar, well, it's because he's the one that's being sued because he's, in, he's connected to Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Princess Anne... She's the daughter of Queen Elizabeth. And obviously, as I've mentioned, two of Queen Elizabeth's children, Queen Elizabeth's on this list. I just haven't gotten to her name yet. And that would be your Windsor connection. Um, so, Nick Anstey. Now, if you know who that name is, I'm not sure. But he is the um, Lord Mayor of the City of London. And he is connected to the Arthur Anderson accounting scandal. But this is the mayor of the city of London. Now, he's probably, from a mayor standpoint, I would say probably one of the most powerful mayors in the world. We don't think of mayors as being powerful leaders of, of anything other than that city. But, oddly enough, they are. All right. Trying to not dwell on here on some of these names, so here's another one. I I, I don't know, I know I'm going to say this name wrong. So Peyotr Avon, Russian oligarch with close British ties. So there's another oligarch from Russia, worth 15 billion. Um, Steve Ballmer, CEO of Microsoft, net worth 15.7 billion. Uh, one of the world's most richest Jewish people. Um, how does that, what does that matter? Okay, Microsoft. So you, you got to look at the industry. So you have a CEO of a of car manufacturer, uh, CEO of a Microsoft, so computers and, and um, software and stuff like that, right? Could be a situation. So what does Microsoft make? Xbox, I think, right? So you look at mind manipulation, video games, uh, different softwares you use on your computers, Right? All right, reading on. Uh, Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands. She's the head of the Bilderberg Group. Interesting. Scrolling on, scrolling on. I don't want to name all these names. Like I said, it's you're not going to know half these names until I tell you who they are and what they are. So Donald Beer, Berwick. Name means nothing, right? But it's in, important to know these names of some of these people because this gentleman is the head of the U.S. Medicare Medicaid, he's connected to Obamacare, professor at Harvard Medical School. So, <laughs> this is where your indoctrination occurs also. I'm trying to find a name. There was a name on here when I was looking through this list. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll, I'm sure I'll come across it. Tony Blair, um, ex-British Prime Minister. Um, another Russian oligarch here living in London. Michael Bloomberg, right? Mayor of New York City, net worth $22 billion, owner of Bloomberg Media. 
<sighs> Let's see. Reading on. Reading on. Where in the hell is that name? There's another Duke. David Bourne. Means nothing, right? This is. These are all members of the Committee of 300. And that's why these names are important. Because who's David Bourne? I don't know. Well, he was a U.S. president, presidential advisor. Ex-governor of Oklahoma. Ex-senator. He was on the Intelligence Committee. Okay? These are people that influence stuff. He might mean nothing to you. Because who's David Bourne? He's in it. All right. More prime ministers. Um, sorry, I'm reading. <laughs> okay, so Warren Buffett, name you know. Owner of Berkshire Hathaway. Net worth $44 billion profits off American improvisement. Connected to the Gulf War disaster as owner of Nalco, which manufactured Corexit. A toxin still dumped in the Gulf. And he's also connected to 9-11. See, now, Chris and I are actually going to do a show, you know, on our conspiracy theory show, our detailed files. We're going to get into one of the shows we're going to do is going to be on 9-11. And a lot of people just think, what, what's the, what's the conspiracy there? You had a couple of terrorists, they grabbed some planes, and they did what they did. It goes deeper than that. George H.W. Bush, that's Daddy Bush, ex-president, ex-vice president, father connected to Nazis, that would be Preston Bush, uh, international banking, big oil, drug trafficking, so some could say that when he was in the CIA, that started a lot of the crack epidemic in, you know, the inner cities, also connected to the JFK and RFK assassinations, which we talked about, connected to 9-11 in both Iraq wars. He is the head of an international terrorist crime family <laughs> and known Skull and Bones and 33-degree Freemason. David Cameron, he's the prime minister of UK, or he was. He's not anymore because what's-his-face is. But anyway, he's connected to the Rothschilds. Um, let me see if I can find this name real quick because I want to I speak on this one because this one kind of really popped out, but before I get to that one, Prince Charles, obviously, heir to the throne of the British Commonwealth. He is, um, <laughs> the interesting thing is, this is what on what I found, globalist monetary manipulation, third world countries, in particular resource extraction, and popular control of the United Nations and hundreds of NGOs. He's a Freemason, and he's also connected to the murder of his first wife, Princess Di, which brings me to another situation here. So, in, in, in knowing the things we know, the things I'm finding out, when you see people being killed, or <laughs> dying, I should say. So, we, you know, if you're all about in your 40s or so, you all remember Princess Diane, um, the car accident, right? I threw up the quotation marks again, car accident. Um, and, of course, that's a big conspiracy as to whether or not she was murdered. And then you hear paparazzis or whatever, and da da da. Realistically, did she? She was an outsider, right? She was not part of the deal. So, what did she know, or basically, what did she maybe find out? Didn't like, wanted to expose it, or maybe she wanted out. And like I said, this is kind of like a uh, 
like the mob you don't just walk away <laughs> is that why she's dead I don't know <clears throat> um, there's um, archbishops on this list uh, there's ex-popes on this list um, so here's Wesley Clark he was ex -gen or US general ex-supreme allied commander I think he was under um, Obama if I'm not mistaken um, let's see uh, is Bill Clinton <laughs> Bill Clinton's on the list ex-US president ex-governor of Arkansas Rhodes Scholar involved in the Balkans involved in sheltering of bin Laden and he is connected to the Bush family so that that'd be something else to get into is the connection between the Bush and Clinton family so supposedly they should hate each other right Republican Democrat you know that's what we're told that's what we're taught but um, there's some saying that he's the Clintons are like cousins they're somehow in the bloodline of the Bush family and I've talked about the Bush family before that's a deep family that's that's they're deep they're deep in it we we think of Bush we think of you know Jeb and you know if you live here in Florida we think Jeb Bush used to be governor here we think Jeb he wasn't such a bad guy but then we think of George you know W Bush president and daddy was president you think okay well you know whatever you know <sighs> part of the plan guys so <clears throat> what's what's crazy about doing podcasts not to totally get off the subject here and I'll get back to the names here in a second is I started recording this <laughs> I told you this is Sunday right start recording this about five o'clock this morning okay since then it is now 10 30 you're thinking damn this show isn't that long so far we're only 30 so minutes into this actually stopped recording went to the gym for a couple hours You'll notice the tone of my voice is a little more awake, a little bit more upbeat, ready to rock and roll. Uh, the wife's awake now, so I can be a little louder. <laughs> so with that being said, that's the beauty of doing podcasts. You can pretty much stop recording, go do what you got to do, and then jump back in right where you was at. All right, so uh, Clinton, that was the last name, right? So <clears throat> obviously there's there's a ton more names. I, Prince of Wales, um, I think I already talked about him uh blah 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 so where are we at where are we at here here we go so um i'm scrolling through so it's interesting you'll see like gary cohen he's the president and coo of goldman sachs so there's the reason i i say these names are important like you're thinking gary cohen who in the hell is that why is because he's the president of uh, goldman sachs what does that have to do with with the price of tea in china what does uh these oligarchs have to do with anything what does um, all these uh, archbishops and kings and princes and queens and whatnot, what is that? Because it's all a conglomerate. The whole point of this NWO situation, it's the new world order. Everything has to come together under under this whole thing. Um, as I read on, King of Greece um, David Kuksky, who is he? Well, he's a venture capitalist, ex-director of the Bank of England, knighted by Queen Elizabeth. Um, so you'll you'll see uh, this this uh, Andrew Crockett, British banker, right? GM of Bank of for the International Settlements, ex Bank of England, employed at Morgan uh, J P Morgan Chase. 
knighted by Queen Elizabeth. Um, Uri Dadush, um, X World Bank, uh, Tony D. Alasio, Australian Securities Investment Commission. Um, <clears throat> so as I'm scrolling through here, I wanted to get to some more important names. So obviously now you get into the thick of things with this, with this group of people and we get into, cause this is, this list is in alphabetical order. Now, obviously I'm the name I'm going to say, you're going to think, well, you were just in the D's and now you're in the R's. Well, these are the French Rothschilds. They still go by the day Rothschilds. So Benjamin de Rothschild, Swiss banker. Uh, descendant of the French branch of the Rothschild dynasty. David René de Rothschild, chairman of the Rothschild Continuations Holdings, and he's from the French branch also. Evelyn de Rothschild, British financier, ex-executive of De Beers. I believe De Beers, if I'm not mistaken, is has to do with mining um, gems, diamonds, so on and so forth. Leopold de Rothschild, British financier, ex-employee of Kuhn, Loeb, and Company, Morgan Stanley partner. So <clears throat> that group, that's all French, the French descendants of the Rothschild family, all having to do with finances of some sort. Here we go with another Russian oligarch, Oleg Deripaska, net worth $16 billion. CEO of Basic Elements, CEO of United Company, and uh, Ruzal Aluminum. And he is also connected to the Rothschilds, I would assume, through marriage of some sort. So, <clears throat> what I was saying earlier about these oligarchs, if, I know I'm probably repeating myself, but this is where I want you to kind of think of, of what I'm doing with this. So, everyone on here is richer than rich, right? For the most part. Um, I mean, there's some generals and stuff that probably aren't richer. You know, they're not holding $16 billion in the bank, but I'm sure they've got some money to them. But these people that are like uber rich, these, the ones that have a number and a B next to it, um, they, uh, they all have something to do with finances, um, minerals, oil, um, <laughs> what that is is okay so in this situation if the nw if everything that we're thinking and reading about with the nwo and the wef and all this stuff and i keep on saying the wef and the nwo well as i've come to find the wef is a part of the of the nwo it's it's a subsection like if you look at the nwo in a whole I'll, I'll, like i said i had a graph that i'm going to post on um on the facebook page they um they break it down, this, 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 and this. And that's one of the parts, along with like the CIA and MI6 and these different situations around the globe. This isn't, like I said, this isn't an American thing. This is a global thing. And you have all these different princes and kings and queens and oligarchs and presidents and senators and whatever they all have to be on board for this to work. So it brings me back to Russia, Ukraine. Um, 
is what I said earlier true? Is this about Russia not getting on board with the situation? Now they're pissed at Russia. And Russia's... I, I don't quite know how that involves the Ukraine. Now, I did find an article that I was reading. Now, when I say I'm finding these articles, obviously it's not the New York Times or Washington Post or anything like that because all these people <clears throat> that are running the situation, these 300, group of 300, a committee of 300, they run these companies. It's interesting when I think of these because everyone I'm naming on here for the most part is the evil 1%, right? So <clears throat> if, um, if Russia is trying to do whatever, okay, I'm sorry, the article I read was um, referring to the Ukraine being the first country to implement the Great Reset. Like we've heard that. What is the Great Reset? Well, the Great Reset entails digital uh, currency, uh, Vax Pass, and uh, there was something else in there. But it's all where they can keep track of you, okay? So is, is I'm just throwing this out hypothetically. Now, keep in mind, I, I don't know. This is just my hypothesis of what's going on. We, we have heard for years stuff about the NWO. You think back to like even like... Uh, Fucking, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Life me, I can't think of it right now. Oh, shit. Uh, you know, where they talk about the NWO and they say all these outlandish things. And they're denied and they're kicked off of social media. They're kicked off of YouTube. Alex Jones. There, I knew the name would come to me. Yeah, they say these things. Alex Jones going to the Bohemian Grove. Alex Jones doing this. Oh, this guy's crazy. He's a nutcase. Okay, but as I'm reading these names, these people are part of those clubs. Right? They're all <laughs> it's really it's really frustrating. William C. Dudley. Who the fuck is that? Well, at one time he was the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Ex Goldman Sachs president. Okay? They need these people that control the money, whether it's Citibank, uh, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs. The Federal Reserve Bank, that means shit to me, because most people, if you ask the average person, if you, you guys listen into this, if you ask an employee, you know, someone you work with, a coworker, let's say you ask one of them, what is the Federal Reserve Bank? I guarantee you, if you ask 10 people, nine, if not all 10, will tell you, oh, that's the, you know, it's whatever we get our money from. It's the bank. It's the government's bank. Well, you know who owns that. We don't own that. And Jacob Rothschild is probably the richest person in the world. His, his net worth is at $500 trillion. They don't ever talk. So when you hear, oh, Jeff Bezos is the richest man, or Bill Gates is the richest man, or this person in India is the you know, whatever. Their numbers don't touch Jacob Rothschild's numbers. But you never hear his numbers because he doesn't want you to know. He keeps that on the DL. The the thing is, is these people are the 1%. They're the 0.5%. They're the richer of the rich. They control the money. How did Jacob Rothschild become so rich? Well, the Rothschilds own the Federal Reserve. They own all the central banks in the world. The Central Bank of London, the, or the Bank of London, Central Bank in China, all these, all every country that has a centralized banking system, which is most of your 
modern companies. So you hear the term third world, no, uh, such and such is a third world country. Well, they probably don't have a central bank. And Russia is one of, I mean, they're not third world, <clears throat> but they don't have a central bank. And that's, that's part of the problem from the NWO standpoint. And like I was saying, I, I'm not trying to be a Putin apologist, not a, a Russian asset. I'm not any of these things. It's hard for me to say the things I'm saying, because like I've said, since I've been, since I can recall, especially when I was a kid in the eighties, we were, we were ingrained to hate Russia through movies and TV shows and music and whatever. We were, we were groomed to be American pride, which we should. But why do we want to hate Russia? And it's like, they tell you all these stories. Well, for one point in time, we were friends with Russia because we had to hate someone else. Because there was a person named Hitler that was going against the grain. Right? And uh, whoever it was in Japan, they, they, yeah, yeah, people going against the grain, they weren't stepping in line. So we were supposed to hate Russia, but now we're friends with Russia to take on Hitler and Nazis in Japan and whatever in Italy. Um, so that was a hiccup in time. There's, there's always hiccups. Like you say, well, Don, these, this New World Order thing you talk about, you said start it back in the 1600s and the 1700s and the New World was America and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's always been the plan. Things happen. You have situations in time where they get hiccups, whether it's presidents get elected. And in my opinion, like one of the names of the 13 uh, bloodline of the Illuminati, one of the, na one of the family names is the Kennedys. Okay. So you might ask, well, they killed JFK and they killed Robert Kennedy. If, if they were part of the plan, then why? And <laughs> the people... Well, I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, but there's a name on here. I'll get to it eventually um, where you'll see these people are tied to the Rosicrucians. And then if you guys listen to the uh, assassination of RFK that we did, we talked about how um, Sirhan Sirhan was tied to the Rosicrucians. So that you might say, well, if, if so-and-so is part of the Rosicrucians and they're part of this situation, why would they kill one of the, <laughs> the bloodline members of the Illuminati? Okay. Well, maybe, maybe, you hear me out, maybe JFK, Robert Kennedy, maybe they didn't, once again, in the way of Putin, in the way of Trump, in the way of other people in our history of the world, not just American history, but of the world, they've had situations. Now, these people come in and they interrupt. Okay, so if America was supposed to be the new, like you, anyone that knows any, just a little bit about history, just think back to American history when you were a kid. What do they call America? The new world. Oh, we're going to go to the new world. We're going to set up this and we're going to do that. It's the new world. Well, it was because of this. It was part of the new world order. So why didn't that happen? Well, because you had people that wanted to come to America, start a new life. They had land, abundance of land, abundance of whatever. But they weren't part of the deal. And then the the king of England was taxing them and they didn't like it and yada yada American Revolution some things you gotta let happen you've gotta let history take its course but don't don't ever <laughs> don't ever forget they're keeping their eye on the prize in the long run this is a long they've got a serious long game the NWO does serious and that's why it's hard for people to wrap their head around this because you're thinking 
<laughs> you're talking 400 years ago, dude. 1600. Right? I get that. It's a serious long game. Just in the fact that the Rothschilds, forget, forget about everybody else on this list. Well, don't, but <laughs> for now, forget about everybody else on this list. When I tell you there's, I don't know, 10 or so names with the last name Rothschild, and that name dates back to the early 1600s in Germany, right? And the fact that since then, they've been a part of country's money since then. I did a show on it. Check it out back in June, Rothschild's NWO. Um, <laughs> they're part of the plan. Now, are they part of this demigods? Or I don't know if we want to go down that route of the Nephilim and, um, <clears throat> you know, angels having sex with human women and creating this race of people. Are they part of that? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's something, a story for another day, maybe. But as you, as you delve down the road here, Queen Elizabeth pops up. And of course, now all her kids. I told you about Andrew. But now you got, um, <clears throat> uh, let's see, where Edward, Edward Duke. He's a cousin of Queen Elizabeth, Grandmaster of the Freemasons. Edward, Earl of Essex, third son of Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth herself, obviously. Now, here's the interesting thing about her. So she's the, obviously the monarch of the British Commonwealth, right? Um, <clears throat> Supreme Governor of the Church of England, head of the International Freemasonry, which is interesting because as a female, you don't really see many free, female Freemasons, right? Head of the Order of the, of the Garter, whatever that is, I'm not sure, head of the, head of the Committee of 300. So like I found a document where it was implementing things and she, she's the, she's the head of this. So a lot of these, um, a lot of this is based off of colonies or ex-colonies of England. I was saying how England ruled the world at one time, right? So even though America isn't part of England, we got our independence. Well, did we? Are we still kind of part of them in a sense? Like look at Canada. People think of Canada as Canada. It's its own country. Do you know they're actually still a part of England? Look at a look at a dollar bill from Canada. It's got the Queen of England on there. Why would a country, Canada, being if it's its own sovereign nation, have a picture of another country's queen on it? Now, you ask most people, they'll say, oh, it's because well, at one time, blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> think of it like this. There's probably more people in Canada that speak French, right? So most, a lot of people in Canada would think their lineage dates back to more of a French occupation of the country. But yet, here you got the Queen of England on your money. Interesting, right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, so as we go down, uh, John Eklund, owner of Fiat, owner of Chrysler. Uh, I don't know that name. So, I mean, like, here's another Prince of Naples, Prince of Hanover, uh, so this is Martin Feldstein, American economist, professor at Harvard. Once again, indoctrination. Interestingly enough, ex-advisor to Ronald Reagan. So we think of Ronald Reagan. Oh, he was a good guy. Look at the things he did. Look, okay, maybe he was. 
But in much in the way of Trump, maybe he was getting bad advice from bad people. Or maybe Reagan was part of the situation too. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of he's not in this list. Reagan isn't one of the committee of 300. He's not a bloodline person. But much in the way of how uh, Colonel, Colonel uh, God, what was the name, McMasters? Uh, shit, I can't remember. McGregor. Colonel McGregor on uh, Stuart Varney where he called him a puppet. So Zelensky, oh, he's this and he's that. And you watch any news channel and Zelensky's the best thing since sliced bread. And maybe he is. I don't know. Most leaders that I know of was going through this. They would tuck tail and run. But maybe he was told not to. Much like what Colonel um, McGregor had said. You know, he's a puppet. You know, people like Colonel uh, McGregor might be speaking out of turn. I'm not saying he's wrong. But when he says the things he says, obviously, now he's wrote off as a kook. You see what I'm saying? As soon as someone tells a little bit of truth, they get canceled, they get banned from Twitter, they get banned. You know, whatever the case is, it's always something. All right. <clears throat> I did want to touch on a couple more names. So, um, another Russian oligarch. Remember, uh, his name's Mikhail Friedman. Um, member of the Russian CFR. Uh, I think that's their bank, their version of their central bank. Another Microsoft CEO, um, Billy Boy. <laughs> that's actual name, I guess. I've never even heard. Like, I call people Billy Boy, which is odd. His actual net worth is $61 billion. Oh, but, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm kind of getting off track here. But, you know, I was saying about Jacob Rothschild, 500, Rothschild, 500 trillion. People might, well, how in the hell is he so rich? What businesses did? Well, I told you, Federal Reserve, Bank of London, all these centralized banks. So when you get your check every week or every other week, however you get paid, there's that little box, right? It says FICA, right? Do you know what that is? That's the tax we pay to the Federal Reserve for borrowing, for having money. So not only do you pay income tax, Okay, so you pay income tax, you pay a percentage of whatever you make every week or whatever, <clears throat> and that's your federal income tax. But then there's also that FICA line, right? That's the Federal Reserve's tax. So you actually pay the Rothschilds for having their money in your pocket. I mean, but yet we're worried about the 1% paying their fair share. And when they, when they say the 1%, they're referring to, you know, CEOs of the companies that probably aren't on this list. <laughs> All right, so I did want to touch on a name. This name struck me as weird. So the name is Gerard Lewis Dreyfus. So you're thinking, okay, cool. Who is he and why do I give a shit? <laughs> right? The only reason the name popped out to me. Gerald Lewis Dreyfus. And that's just how it's spelled out. So I'm like, curiosity. So I go to his Wikipedia page. I also know him as William. French-American businessman. His net worth is estimated around $3.4 billion. He was chairman of the uh, Lewis Dreyfus Energy Service. Great-grandson of Leopold Lewis Dreyfus. And uh, interestingly enough, he has a daughter. Uh, Julia Louise 
Dreyfus. That's right, Elaine. <laughs> you hear a lot of people say, well, you know, she's not really talented. She's not really whatever. Well, gee, I wonder why. I wonder why she got to where she's at in the world, in life, right? All right. Al Gore, right? Ex-VP of the USA, ex-senator from Tennessee, educated at Harvard. His father was a senator connected to Armin Hammer, a communist Soviet. That's Armin Hammer, not the bacon soda, but Armand Hammer, a communist Soviet. Interesting. Um, blah, blah, blah. Nobel Peace Prize for publishing, or for pushing, I'm sorry, global warming scam. So, one of the agendas, one of the new agendas, I should say, or the newest agenda of the WEF is global climate, whatever, climate warming, global warming, whatever in the fuck they're calling it. He's, he's part of it, too. It's just interesting, the people, Alan Greenspan, ex-chairman of the Federal Reserve, Knight Commander of the British Empire. <laughs> okay, so this is Alan Greenspan, used to run the Federal Reserve, but yet he was a Knight Commander of the British Empire. Interesting. So you see how all these, all these people fall in line together. It's all one big party, and we're just, we're just here to serve the masters. Um, let me see if I can find any more that pop out. So what I want to do here, I think, is we're going to, I'm going to start closing it out here. Um, one other name that's popping out as I'm scrolling through, because like I said, it's 300 names. It's a lot of, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. Henry Kissinger, right? Ex-Secretary of State, I believe, under um, Nixon. Uh, he's part of the Bilderberg Group, the Bohemian Club. He won a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, involved in, according to this, accused of many war crimes around the world. So if you have a, a piss-hand country, you know, uh, let's say a Vietnam or a Cambodia, they're not in the mix. They're just, uh, they're just there. If, um, if they accuse whoever of a war crime, you're kind of like, okay, whatever. You never really hear anything about it. Um, another name popped out on me. William H. Kuhn. I'm going to do some research on him because I'm interested about this gentleman. William H. Kuhn II. Knights Templar and Rosicrucianist. I told you. I don't want to keep talking about these things because I know it's getting it's getting kind of drum humdrum. But um, as you can see, I'm going to try, like I said, I'm going to try and figure out how to do a link here. But all these people are either advisors to presidents, presidents, senators, congresspeople, generals. And if they're not, you know, American politicians of some sort, they are American, uh, British, French, Swiss um, financiers, or they own banks. So you might ask, what does this have to do with anything that we're dealing with today? Okay, so the agenda of the NWO, the WEF, and the Great Reset is digital currency. So you've heard a lot recently, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people talk about digital currency. And then, and it's, and then that's different than cryptocurrency. So like you hear, um, I don't know, different cryptocurrency, but you hear, oh yeah, invest in, 
in that. And then you hear, oh, don't invest in that. Buy gold, buy silver. Buy. And <clears throat> I think gold and silver, if you if you have the money and you're going to buy stuff like that, that would be your best bet because it's not as volatile. But this digital currency is a situation where in the plan of the Great Reset and Nasera, and we talked about Nasera a while back. I think, I don't know what show it was, but that's where the, the elimination of debt. Okay, so Biden ran on getting rid of student debt, right? And you're thinking people that have student loans are probably like, well, where, where is this coming into place? Why aren't we getting this ball rolling? Well, it's all part of the plan. So it's very cumbersome. That's why I said this is going to have to be a, a couple of parts of this show. Um, the elimination of debt. So you think, okay, cool. I got X amount of debt and credit cards and I got a car payment. I got a house payment. I got student loan debts. If that, you know, whatever. It's not about that. So the way they eliminate your debt is this. So they wipe your debt clean. But you don't own anything. Okay, so let's say you have a car with a car payment. Now you don't have a car payment. But you don't own that car. And if they don't want you to drive that gas vehicle, then you don't drive that gas vehicle. And you don't own the house. BlackRock or Blackstone or Vanguard, one of those three, own it. Because these are all branches of the WEF and part of this whole situation. The the mass buying of houses, like, for example, neighborhood I live in, house across the street, folks moved out. You know, it's just an average house, nothing special. It has a pool, but, you know, smaller in the house I'm in. And they asked for a crazy amount for the house. And I was just like, and this was before the market got out of control. And I was like, okay. Um, cool. Well, then a investment group, and it wasn't BlackRock. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I wish I was more into this situation when that happened because I would have liked to have done research on who it was that bought it. I couldn't tell you who it was. But I know it was a investment group that bought it. And the, and that investment group owns a realty company. I'm sure if I, if I did some research, I could figure it out. But um, <clears throat> nonetheless... The house went up for rent. I think the people probably been living there close to a year now for like $2,100 a month. I was like, what the fuck? Ain't no one. I mean, granted, I live in a decent neighborhood and, you know, a decent house. I'm not sitting here. I live in a mansion or nothing, but it's, you know, it's a decent sized house and nice neighborhood. And, uh, and I'm like, our mortgage isn't even half that, <laughs> you know? I'm like, who in the fuck's going to pay $2,100? And then I started getting worried because I'm thinking, okay, well, there's a college in this neighborhood. Are they going to end up renting it to a bunch of college kids that split the rent up three ways, four ways, whatever? And, uh, you know, a family moved in, so I was like, whatever. So, But my point being is that's what they do. They they come in, houses go up for sale. So you've seen situations where people put it. You might even know somebody that put their house up for sale. And let's say the house was valued at, you know, if you live in Florida, you know, wherever you live. Oh, my house is valued at 300000 Okay, and that's on the high end. And someone comes in, and let's say you actually have regular people looking at your house. Oh, I want to buy that. No, 300, that's not bad. We'll go ahead and buy it. In the meantime, you got someone else swooping in, an unnamed situation, offering you, offering you twenty, thirty, fifty thousand $50,000 over asking price. And even if you ask higher, because anyone that sold a house or anything, or sold anything for that matter, you always ask a little bit higher. That way you have room to negotiate, right? So 
if you go on Zillow or whatever and you look at your house value and it might be, it has that range. Oh, it's, uh, it's valued at 280, but it could stretch anywhere from 250 to 300, right? So you might say, okay, well, I'm going to ask 300 and then we'll work from there. And if we get at least 250, then I'm cool with that because we only owe 100 or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, no one bats an eye. No one even questions it. Like if we were going to sell our house and we say, okay, well, you know, our house is valued at this to that. And let's just go ahead and ask 350. Okay. Cause we really want to move or whatever. But then someone comes in and we're, th- we're just hoping to get to 350 or hell even we're just hoping to get to 300 <laughs> when it might only be on the low end valued at 280 or whatever. Um, and then someone swoops in and you have offers on the 350 and you're thinking, damn, people actually want to buy this house at 350. But then someone swoops in and says, I'll give you 400 for it. What are you going to do? You can be like, fuck yeah, I was hoping to get 300 and you're giving me 400. <laughs> cool. And those situations are happening around this country. Anywhere the housing market is out of control and this is why. People don't think about it because they're looking at the money. I'll give you another example. My stepdaughter, my daughter, her husband, uh, folks just sold a condominium here in, in the area. And uh, I don't know the exact dollar amounts that were involved, but whatever they were, they were asking. I can't recall what the dollar amount was, but whatever it was, they were asking for it. Someone came in and bought it for 20000 over asking. They didn't care. They needed to get rid of the property. They don't even live in this area. They live in like New Hampshire. So <laughs> you want to give me 20000 more? Cool. Yours. And that's where I'm going with this. It's hard for me to sit here and try and lecture people and say, you shouldn't sell that for $50,000 over, $20,000 over, because you're selling it to an investment group or you're selling it to a realtor. You're selling it to, and surely if you dug, those people probably are part of the deal. Even They might not even know they're part of the deal. That's the scary thing about it. I think there's so many subsidiaries of these groups that no one even realizes they're part, they're part of it. If you see, you see what I'm saying? It's like everyone, we, uh, (laughs) we don't even know we're part of what we're doing. We just see the money and I, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not blaming them, but every person on this list, if they don't run a country or help somebody run a country, they have something to do with finance. And that's what's scary. You know, there was a rumor back in, I think it was in the 70s. A gentleman came up with a patent and was offered, was issued a patent on an engine that ran on water. Okay. He was offered an absorbent amount of money for the patent. I can't remember the dollar amount, but. In 1970 something, it was a crazy dollar amount. Of course, he sold the patent because he's like, fuck yeah. He didn't look at it. Okay, at the time in the 70s, you had a gas crisis similar to what we're dealing with now. Um, obviously, we didn't have electric cars and you know whatever. Back then, you didn't have catalytic converters on cars. It was all about muscle and loud, and brr. that's when you have the in, the influxation if that's a word <laughs> of Toyotas and Nissan or Datsuns back then uh, these foreign cars these four cylinders that were better on fuel than 
big ass V8 Fords and Chevys and whatever. And this gentleman had a patent on a vehicle, on an engine that would run on water. So it was like a hydrostatic type engine. Well, if I'm not mistaken, that patent was bought from X or bought, gave him a crazy amount of money from it was either Texaco or ExxonMobil. So that was 50 years ago almost. Do you see an influx of, of water-based engines? No. Why? Well, you had an oil company buy the patent because they knew that that would put them out of business. The whole point of the oil company is to create gas for the most part, right? It's all about gasoline. That's all we're talking about now is gasoline prices. Well, if you have a water-based engine, that kind of ruins their business, right? Now, the guy that invented this engine could give two shits less because now he's a millionaire or however much money they gave. So he's like, whatever, cool. <laughs> I mean, it's those types of situations where we don't look at the, the greater good of things. We look at the dollar bills. Anyone comes up to you and offers you a crazy amount of money for something, you don't care about the greater good. If someone comes up and you ask you, offers you 50 whatever $100,000 more for your home and you're really trying to sell your home, you're going to take it. Now, if someone comes to my house and knocked on the door and said, hey, we want to buy this house. I mean, because we get shit all the time. I get emails and letters in the mail and, you know, we really want to buy your home. Cool. We really don't want to sell. I'm not trying to move, <laughs> you know, because the market's out of control. What am I going to Oh, you're going to give me 100000 more than what my house is worth? Or not even that. You're going to give me 200000 more than what I owe in the house? Well, I'm going to have to put all that right back into buying another house because I got to live somewhere. Right? It's all about control. They don't want you to own anything. They wipe your debt clean, but you can't own anything. It's part of the great reset. They're going to give you a, a money. Oh, that was the other thing. That was the thing from uh, from the great reset in uh, Ukraine was digital currency, the vax pass, and basic universal income. And the income could only be used on certain things. So what happens when they do that here? Bill 2471 was just passed last week. No one batted an eye. No one's even talking about it. And that's what really pisses me off. Like I told you before, I, I watch Fox News. I, I listen to different podcasts. Nobody's talking about this bill. And when they are talking about it, they're only talking about the $13.6 billion that's going to Ukraine. Like I said, you want to give Ukraine $13.6 billion worth of shit? Cool. Whatever. The, tr the bill was $1.5 trillion. Not just that, what else was in the bill? And it was the arms situation on the background checks. No one's talking about it. Just let it roll on by. Because they just look at the big picture. All right, guys. I'm going to go through this list a little bit more. And then I think on the on next Sunday what we'll do is um, <clears throat> we'll get into the Rockefellers. Because they're on this list. Um and what they have to do with everything. And uh, this, <laughs> where is it at here? So um, here's a name that popped up. Javier, I, I want to look this up. So Javier um, Escavara Rodriguez. So he is a Spanish Roman Catholic bishop, right? And he is also the head of Opus Dei. So Opus Dei um 
well, he's actually dead now. But I would like to see one who took his place. But anyway, it's very interesting to see these names pop up. You know, bishops that like uh, I ran across Pope Benedict earlier. I didn't didn't uh, talk about him, but he was part of Nazi, uh, like a child uh, Nazi. I can't remember what it's called, but from Germany. So, I mean, this dude was the head of the Catholic church, a Nazi. <laughs> and then of course, Jacob Rothschild, like I was telling you earlier, fourth Baron Rothschild chairman of the RIT capital investments, Elton education, ex chairman of Rothschilds and son council for the duchy of Cornwall, um, of the Prince of Wales advisory board of Blackstone, <laughs> ex-chairman of B Sky B Television, and of course, uh, the Rothschilds run the uh, Federal Reserve and most central banks in the world. But anyway, <clears throat> the crazy thing is, I'm not even halfway through this list. <laughs> so what I want to do is we're going to break out from here. Uh, I'm going to do some more research and chew the names, what they mean to you, and then what I want to do is we'll jump from there into the group of 33 that I was telling you about earlier in the show and um, what, it, what it all means. Like I said, I guess in closing on this part, what I'm going to tell you is everything that's going on in Russia, in my opinion, seems like it has, there's more here. And I've been asking this question, why? Why is Putin doing what he's doing? Why And why in Ukraine? He could have done it anywhere. If he's pissed off about NATO coming into ex-Soviet countries and all this stuff, why did he start, why is it here? This is the only country, well, I shouldn't say the only, but one of the only couple of countries that were former Soviet Union that aren't a part of NATO. Why didn't he lose his shit in Estonia or Lithuania or any of these other places? It has, I don't think it has anything to do with what you're hearing about. I don't think anything that's going on has anything to do with anything. <laughs> I don't care what news you watch. CNN, Fox, OAN, Newsmax, MSNBC, whatever. I don't care what podcast you listen to. For the most part, they're all telling you the same thing. Putin's a bad guy. He's invading this land. He's killing all these people. Now, Obviously, you watch the news, you see the pictures. How do you argue that? I argue in the sense that if the media groups that you're watching or listening to are all part of the situation, then what do you believe? Of course, they're going to tell you that he's doing these things and he's going to show you the footage because they need the backing of, I don't want to say American people, but everyone, America, England, wherever. But I, I just don't get I, I I don't get it. For lack of being ignorant, I just don't understand why now, why this country. Now, depending on who you listen to, they'll say, well, Putin went in the Crimea and did that under um, Obama because he was a weak president. When Trump was in, Trump told him, you ain't going to do that because of this. And then when Biden came in, he saw his opportunity and he seized it. 
and Xi Jinping or whatever his name is in China, he's looking at Taiwan and thinking the same thing. They're sailing boats off of the coast of China. They're ripe for invasion. Okay, is it true? I don't know. Do you live in Taiwan? Do you Can you look out in the ocean and say, oh shit, there's Chinese fucking battleships cruising by the island? No, we're basing everything we hear or everything that we know based on what we hear that whoever is telling us. We don't know. Now, granted, the shit going in, on in Ukraine obviously is happening. Buildings are obviously being destroyed. There's obviously armies there. Oh, Putin's mad because of the resistance. Well, sure he's mad because of the resistance, but he's probably thinking, where's the resistance coming from? Right? And that might be pissing him off even more. But it'd be, I'd be curious to see if how this all plays out. In my opinion, I think what will end up happening, um, I don't think, I don't believe that we'll see nuclear war. I don't think it's going to get to that point. They aren't going to let that happen. Now, Lindsey Graham calling for um, Putin's um, assassination, right? Isn't there a Brutus and, you know, and there probably is. Why do you, why do you think that whenever you see Putin, there's no one near him. Like I saw that someone brought that up on Twitter. Um, you look at him sitting at a table or he's in a conference with whoever. No one's near him. Now, you could make the argument, oh, maybe it's COVID. He's afraid of COVID. I don't think that's the case. I think he's afraid of what he doesn't know. I don't think it has anything to do with COVID. I think it has more to do with can I trust these people? Because you don't really know who you're in this situation. If, if what is happening, if what I believe is the case is true, then you don't know who to trust because even your closest ally could be your most feared enemy. If this ball has been in play, if this has been in place since Putin took over, and once they realized he wasn't going to get on board, you know, Putin's been in charge for, what, 20-some-odd years? If they realized he wasn't going to be on board with this, like, they went through the trouble of placing him there. You know, he went through, rose through the ranks of the Russian whatever, was part of the WEF leadership school. These people that go through this WEF leadership school, they're not there just to see if they want to be a leader. They're placed there. Go through the WEF leader. Look it up. Everyone that's on that list is a, is a head of a corporation or a government. They're there for a reason. They're placed there. And it's not like going to Harvard or uh, University of Florida or wherever. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't say Harvard is University of Florida, vice versa. I'm just saying, if you want to go to those schools, your local university, if you have the grades and the SATs and whatever you're going to get in, you don't apply to go to the WEF uh, Leadership Institute. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You are you are chosen to go there. You see what I'm saying? And it helps, obviously, if, you're, if your lineage is as such. Like one of the things with mafia, like you see mafia movies and stuff, and it's like, well, how is so-and-so a made man? Well, they traced their lineage back to Italy and blah, blah, blah. It's the same situation here. But anyway, I digress. I'm going to close it out with that. Make sure you join me next Sunday. 
where I bore you guys to death with another hour of this. <laughs> I don't mean to bore you guys. Like I said, I'm trying to get this all together in a hyperlink. I want you to look it up yourself and see these names. And I'm telling you right now, don't, don't fall into the loop of digital currency. Don't, don't, please, even if you're vaccinated, don't fall into the loop of the vax pass. There's more to this whole thing than what it seems like. And like I said, through history, every little thing they do, they do it in the guise of convenience. Oh, look how convenient it'd be. You won't have to carry this card around. You can just have the vax pass. Well, yeah. Okay. That sounds like great. I always have my phone on me. All right, cool. Just scan the QR code. It's about tracking you guys. It's about tracking you. Digital currency. Digital currency. If they get rid of credit cards and cash money where you can't go to the bank and get out of 20 or whatever. Okay. What that does there is that kills independent workers. So you have like person might come and mow your yard. You pay him 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. Cash. Well, that goes away because now, you know, Jim Johnson that just rolls around in most people's yards to make an extra 20, 30, 50 bucks, whatever, every, you know, couple of days, he's not going to be able to do it because now he's going to have to deal in digital currency. You're not going to be able to pay him cash. You don't have cash. You see what I'm saying? Not to mention the fact that, well, I want to go, oh man, that's a six hours. Got a brand new, you know, nine millimeter McGillicuddy out. I'm going to go buy it. Uh, not so much. But I passed the background check. Yeah, but your digital currency voucher didn't go through. But I've got, you know, $100,000 in the bank. Yeah, but it's not applied to this. You can go buy food. You can go buy your uh, Beyond Beef because, you know, we don't have meat anymore because we've gotten rid of that industry too. And I'll get into that later. All right, guys. I'll close it out there. Today is Sunday, March 20th, 2022. Make sure to keep track of this show, guys. Go to uh, Facebook or Twitter or end Twitter. Follow us there. Um, and make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, you give us a good uh, rating, hopefully a five-star and a review. And most importantly, guys, please share this with your friends. I really don't mean to bore you. I want to show you that maybe whatever's going on in the world, whether it's Russia, Ukraine, you know, Biden, <laughs> laptops, uh, maybe there's more to the story and there's a reason why these things are happening. So just keep following the show and look out for next Sunday when I do the part two. And like I said, I don't even know how many parts this is going to be. This could be a, a five part series. I don't know. Cause I don't want to, I've already gone well over an hour and I don't want to keep on rattling. So you guys have a great day and I will see you or talk to you again on uh, Wednesday. <laughs>